Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another show here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me and giving me the activities of my limbs and giving me the desire and the motivation to continue to provide information to the listeners as it relates to certain topics. Now, today is September the 21st, so we're almost done with September. And Tuesdays is when we do the show from the pulpit to the couch, where you'll receive biblical teachings from individuals. If not, I'll be reading scriptures, and you'll be hearing from myself, Jeanette Abney, a licensed marriage and family therapist. Now, this show is designed for believers as well as non-believers just to provide information as it relates to what's going on in our world today, what's happening in our churches, and where some individuals may need to work on some muscles and, you know, and build some things and try to help them grow in certain areas of their life. Now, I have not had my breakfast this morning, so you guys got to bear with me, but I did make my coffee, and I keep saying I'm going to do better as it relates to being on time, and I still don't be doing that. <laughs> so I need to do another show as it relates to procrastination. But today's show is entitled Spirit of Fear. Now, I haven't even turned on my television today, listened to the radio, so I don't have information as far as current events right now. But we start talking about fear. Individuals are fearing a lot of different things that is going on. Now, today's show is designed to address the spirit of fear. I will also be talking about what the Bible says or have to say as it relates to fear, and I will also be providing information in regards to how to overcome fear. Now, when we start talking about the spirit of fear, now for believers in 2 Timothy 1 to verse 7, it indicates that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Now, it seems like people are just losing their mind today. So let me log on my first caller. Okay, I thought I logged her on. Why does this keep keeping you on me? Okay, caller, this is Jeanette Abney. How are you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? You know what? After talking to you, I told you I was sitting there looking like Monique when she was talking about with the bonnet on your hair. Girl, I had um, sweat pants. I was towed up from the flow up when I was talking to you. So I had to hurry up and get dressed. <laughs> hurry up and get dressed. Still didn't make my breakfast. So I do have some coffee, but I did. We're on. We're ready. Hey, Carmel, I see you on. You can call in. So today we're going to be talking about the spirit of fear. Because a lot of times when we say fear, and I want to start from being a child. As a child, we were taught to fear our parents. As, our, as a child, we were taught to fear authority. But then when we develop in Christ, the fear factor kind of changed, and it becomes kind of confused. You know, I was watching on Facebook, a man was out there in, in the field with, some snake, with a snake. I, I don't mess with snakes. You know, I don't trust snakes. And some things we were taught to fear. Now, when it comes to the spirit of fear, what is your interpretation of the spirit of fear? What does that mean to you? The spirit of fear, well, it means that, you know, I I feel there's fear. I, there's, I fear something, and then it's, to me, I, my tuition tells me it's in the spirit when I feel the fear. You know, some people uh-huh. say, oh, no, it's not a spirit. I'm, I'm, no, I'm telling you, there is a spirit of fear. So, mm-hmm. um, it means, to me, it means like, okay, um, you know, I'm having some fear. And spiritually, I try to say to myself, okay, is this in my head or is this really happening? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like that. So what does it mean to me? I, I don't, it, it depends on what it is and when it happens because I've had fear of different mm-hmm. things. And, then I go, okay, God, it's okay. I know it's going to be okay, and I just tell him you're going to make it right, right? It's not going to happen. Uh-huh. You know, because it's fear, you know. 
like if I have this fear, like I'm as I'm going into surgery, that I'm not going to wake up. And I know I shouldn't mm-hmm. think that way, but I have this fear because it can happen, and I'm telling myself, okay, I'm taking the spirit with me, and it's not going to do that. It's going to keep me. It's going to keep me okay. It's going to be fine. So. Uh-huh. And fear is an emotion, and fear occurs. But, but you know, it's interesting that you said that. As far as the fear of going into surgery, and a lot of people don't realize that fear can be realistic, it can be unrealistic, or it can be rational or unrational. And we got to be mindful of that. I've known individuals that were so afraid when they had to go to surgery, or and because the anxiety and the panic, it actually made it worse. So sometimes we got to talk ourselves out of it when you start realize it, and standing on scriptures, and you start believing in the power of the word, it changes. It can change your situation, you know, because you want to fear not. You want to pray when you go in there that the person that's performing your surgery does the right thing. You want to pray for healing. You want to pray, because if you go in there in fear, it's kind of like to me, I think of being in an accident to where your body get all tensed up because you're already nervous and you're already afraid. So you got to work on that. And sometimes individuals don't understand even what that means or even how to go about it. So how were you taught fear as a child growing up? What, what, you know, what did your parents teach you in regards to fear? I heard you, I think I heard you talking as I logged on about, you know, fear. Well, my parents, at least my father, his idea of, you know, you get a child to listen is to put the fear of God into them. <laughs> I mean, you know, and back then, that's what they did. So they put the fear. So I used to be have a lot of fear. Now, now that I'm older, and you know, uh-uh, I don't have that kind of fear. However, I've seen myself kind of try to do that to my kids. Sometimes I'm going to scare them because that they're going to go, oh my gosh. No, I don't want that to happen. So I don't want to lose this, right? They're afraid they're going to lose their privilege, or they're going to afraid they're going to lose this. So they've got the fear in them because they don't either understand spiritually. Okay, is that going to happen? I mean, maybe it's going to happen, maybe it's not going to happen, but they're still going to be scared. Okay, that it's going to happen. So I was taught, you know, that when you have fear, you better pray and think about, you know, what you're doing, so that that doesn't happen to you because. It's just gonna make it worse when if you if you don't if you have that fear you're just gonna make yourself emotionally worse. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it can drain you. But there's you know, not, you, there's you, no way to really control it. I don't think is there. Oh, I mean, you well, can't we're, tell we're somebody. We're going to some information as it relates to that. You know, and it's, it's interesting you said that because I remember when Tisha was younger, and I told this story where Tisha and my niece somehow I got into some pink lotion, and pink lotion was like a hair moisturizer that you put on your hair. And what happened was somehow the pink lotion was spread all on my cabinet in my bathroom. So when I saw it, no one wanted to take the blame. Can you turn it down, please? No one wanted to take the blame and the responsibility of who had the pink lotion, who wasted the pink lotion. So what I did, I walked in there, and I lined them both up, and I said, you guys better tell me the truth. If you don't tell me the truth, you're going to die, and you're going to go to hell. And you're gonna... And I did all of that to try to get them to tell me the truth. And my niece kept saying, Auntie, I didn't do it. Auntie, I didn't do it. Teacher did it. Teacher did it. Now, I'm thinking, Teacher ain't going to lie to me. My baby ain't going to lie to me. And she kept on, I didn't do it. I didn't have it. I so, so what I did was I told Tisha, let me smell your hand. Girl, when I smelled her hand, Tisha had pink lotion all smell all over her hand. I looked at Tisha. I said, why did you lie to me? Why did you? She looked at me and she said, she gave me that look like, in other words, you lied to me too because I knew I wasn't going to go to hell because I knew it was going right. to go <laughs> So sometimes parents would do that. And try to scare kids, but you can't scare all kids. I used to always say, and I still say, I'm not afraid of nothing I can see. But 
I take that back because there's some things I just don't play with. Things that I'm just afraid of it, I just know better than to mess with it. Now, what is your yeah, comment you, in regards to what were you saying? No, what no, was I was going to say, with your, yeah, if you, if, when they get older and they, the other thing is, you know, she already knew that that wasn't going to happen, you know, mm-hmm. so, but if they, as they get older, you know, or if you don't follow through and that doesn't there happen, I mean, that's the go. other thing is, if you have to follow through, because it don't matter if you make a mistake and say something like that, you better follow through with it. And then, of course, you're going to say, well, you're going to go to hell because you're lying, right? Okay. But then she said, you're lying to me because I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to hell. Well, obviously. Oh, no, pink lotion. You know, in, yeah. So, it you know, it's like, you know like what? You have, you have to re-explain it then and say, well, you know what? But when you do lie and you cheat and you do things like that, you have to, you know, ask for forgiveness for your sin because you're going to have that fear. You don't know what's going to happen to you, you know, mm-hmm. if you keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, and all I wanted to know was who wasted my pink lotion? Who sprayed pink? You know, that's all I wanted to know. But I went about it the wrong way, and she responded in a way that kind of threw me off, and I could have just walked in and just smelt their hands from the get-go, you know, but I didn't do that. Sometimes you think you're smarter than the average bear, and that can blow up in your face. So I want to just say as parents, we need to do a little better when we're trying to put fear in our children, especially when we start giving them inaccurate information because, like I said, that did not go well with me. Now, when we started right. talking about even just fear, and I was sharing something in regards to fear being an emotion, and as with anything, an emotion is valid because it is what you feel. Now, you asked the question in regards to what can you do about it when you start feeling fear. And there's a lot of different things individuals can do but you want to make sure that you do something that works for you, but you don't want to go out there like you big and bad and nothing's going to bother you and, you know, and it's no big deal because that's kind of unrealistic, and that's not always also walking by faith. So when we start talking about faith and fear, it's two different things. So I'm talking and I'm trying to look up information all at the same time. When we start talking about fear, even just by definition, Fear is considered an unpleasant emotion that is caused by the belief that something or someone is dangerous or they're likely to cause pain or they're a threat. That's just fear. Now, be afraid of someone or something is likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening. So, that's how we basically learned what the meaning of fear was and what caused this fear in a person. And it kind of starts in the brain. We start thinking of a predator. We start thinking, now, but when we start talking about biblically, we start thinking of the devil. We start thinking of evil doers. You know, we start having these, these sometimes fears can lead to certain phobias. But when we start talking about that and also how our body reacts to fear and how can we treat fear. Now, if it's fear just within itself, Christina, it talks about ways you can fight fear is take a time out. Breathe through the panic. Face your fears. Imagine the words. Look at the evidence. Don't try to be perfect. Visualize a happy place and talk about it. Those are just some of the things that people can do. But the fear we're talking about is a different type of fear because we're talking about the fear as it relates to believers and especially the things that we're seeing that's happening in the world today. Now, what are some of the things that you see and you hear, Christian, that's concerning you? Oh, well, you know, the favorite topic of the of the month is, you know, Start to the C, COVID, and everybody's yeah. fearing, fearing COVID. But, you know, um, and what you said about take a deep breath and step back and do this and do that, that's what you got to do because otherwise you're going to, like you said, panic yourself. You're going to get to where you don't want to, people don't want to go out because they have a fear uh-huh. they're going to get sick. Well, you know, you're going to have, if it's, how do I say this? 
You're going to have to trust in God that if it's your time, it's your time because we're not going to be able to control. You know, I could be fine and not had COVID this whole time. And the minute I decide to go do something dumb or even not do anything dumb, I could just go out. It it just happens, you know, the person standing, you know, you do your social distancing. So, uh, you know, you get fearful. I, myself, have tried to tell myself, you know, if I'm going to be fearful of all this stuff, then I might as well just stay home and not do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and if I'm afraid of, like, going to surgery, I keep telling myself, okay, I'm just going to cancel the last day. <laughs> you like me when I was I trying to do a I was like, I don't want them playing with my butt. I don't want them. Girl, I was one of, probably one of the worst patients you could have ever had, but yet didn't realize that they was going to put me to sleep. I went to sleep. I woke up. I said, I, I, it was so funny. I told him, I said, you violated me. My daughter said I was just a hot mess. <laughs> Girl, I canceled that well, thing twice. I did not want to get in people, people get fearful of things. And, you know, when I was a nurse, I always told patients, you know, it's okay. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. You know, whatever. I didn't like, I don't like to lie to patients, but you have mm-hmm. to try to calm somebody down. Because right. if you don't calm them down or try to and have them try to learn how to calm themselves down, then they're mm-hmm. just, it's just going to be worse. And, oh, yeah. um, and people say, oh, yeah, easier said than done. I'm not saying it's easy, okay? I mean, I walk around going, okay, you know, is it going to be, is it going to, you know, and, every, and I try not to think about it. I just tell myself, think of something more positive. Try to be positive, mm-hmm. try to be positive, because... You're not in control of it, whatever's going to mm-hmm. But, I mean, like you said, you go out, somebody you're afraid of, or, like, people go out to their car and they get carjacked. You know, yeah, you need to watch because, you know, right now the way things are in life, I mean, everything is pretty underpredictable with up and down right. different things. And, but if, and to me, spiritually or non, how easy way you look at it, you can't live your life like that because you'll, you'll go crazy. You will. You really will. Operate it in fear. And, you know, and it's interesting. You can be concerned but not be afraid. See, people right. can smell fear. Animals can smell fear. They know when you are afraid. So people do, too. They know when you're afraid of something. And it seems like sometimes the more, the more you try to avoid Now, we need to be wise. We need to use wisdom, especially when it comes to COVID. You know, you don't want to run out there and, you know, and do things that, you know, and, and this is what gets me with COVID, how they've been focusing on individuals that were anti-vaccine, how they're focusing, well, look, they said this, and now they're saying, it's like, trust your God, know your body, be, use wisdom, just use wisdom. And, you know, and fear makes individuals behave irrational, too. When a person is afraid of something, they do things that they just wouldn't normally do. And sometimes they say fear can also be used to protect individuals from certain things. So it, to me, it's kind of like how you, how you look at it. Is it benefiting you or is it hurting you? Now, when we talk about just the spirit of fear, now when we talk about the spirit of fear, and it indicates that it intends to keep you from fulfilling the destiny that God has on your life. You know, a lot of individuals are afraid of success. As a therapist, I've worked with individuals, and they have told me, I am not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid of failure. I'm afraid of success. Because part of that was maintaining it. And that sounds kind of odd, but when you are so afraid of feeling the destiny that God has in your life from living a joyful, spirit-led existence where you give others or you give to others out of the overflow of the love in your life, it can keep you awake, sometimes even with nightmares. And I'm just like, what in the world? You know, because the spirit of fear can also be tormenting. It really can. Because it can eat you up. Now, have you ever been right. so afraid to where you just couldn't even sleep at night? You were so afraid? Yeah, actually, um, 
And right now, I'm going through with the surgery thing. Even though I have finally gotten people around, this is what happens to me, is if I finally have gotten commitments of people who's going to help do this and do that with my kids, I'm still waking up or not being able to, because I'm, I'm like, your mind's thinking. And I'm like, okay. You know, or I, I see myself, you know, people see themselves laying on the table and you're going, okay. And, and I already know, and I tell the doctors right up front, you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, I'm the worst patient you're ever going to have, so you better give me some of that goofy juice because otherwise <laughs> I'm, liable to, I'm liable to flip out on you. And then they're, oh, they're listening, God. and they're going, they're going, they're going, oh, my God, is she crazy? <laughs> no, you just like, I, I just said, they go, I go, I just go through this. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, I've had different procedures, and mm-hmm. I'm afraid of, like, I'm afraid of needles, right? But I used to be a nurse, and I would give needles, do IVs. However, you know, and it all goes back to sometimes your fear, and maybe I'm wrong, but stems from something that's happened to you in your past. And with me, I was in a horrible accident. So like you were talking about certain things in the hospital. So I work in the hospital, and I'm not afraid to help other patients. But when it comes to me, I'm scared to death of what you're going to do. And are you going to, am I going to wake up? Is it going to hurt? I don't want to feel it, okay? Don't tell me you're going to poke me, okay? They're looking at me like, what? And I'm like, you know, because when you go to the doctors, they automatically tell you, okay, this is going to sting a little bit. Oh, God, don't tell mm-hmm. the that. Because it might be a little or it might not be at all. But you're so Girl, I, I, you're talking about the doctor. Yeah. i got to go to the dentist. I need to get some dental work done, and I don't like the dentist. Girl, I remember one time I was at the dentist where they pulled the wrong tooth. I was mad. Then I went one time, and they... I went to for a feeling, and they gave me an implant. Me and the, the dentist and I, we just don't get along. I don't know if I can trust them. Now, we start talking about um, the spirit of fear, and like I said earlier, fear is normal, it's natural. You get the flight response to danger in our surrounding, but what happens when it's something more? Meaning, when it's in an emo- even though it's in an emotion, and we feel simply like we're, you know, getting out of your car, leaving your house, being around crowds. But when we start talking about that, we got to make sure and know the difference between what's rational and what's irrational. Now, I spoke about something in regards to it being an emotion, but like I said, fear is an emotion induced by the perception or the recognition of a phenomenon which can pose a danger or threat. So we know that part. But the root of fear, when we start talking about the root, I mean, where did this come from, you know, it could come from a lot of different things. And you start talking about, um, you know, being in an accident, based on your experience, what somebody told you, and all those different things. Now, I indicated earlier that there were three types of fear, and they include the primo Irrational and rational. Now, if it's irrational, sometimes it's real difficult, Christina, to be rational with an irrational person. So when you got individuals talking about superstitions and, you know, stuff that you know just don't make no sense, it's sometimes you just want to let them just ramble and just go on. And it goes to, like, my sister from another mother, she used to always tell me, so tell me how that worked for you. How did that work out for you? And in most cases, it really just did not work out. So we just want to be um, mindful of those things. Now, rational fear occurs when there is a real imminent threat. So we know it's real. If the person is standing there with a knife, with a gun, that's real. You ain't making that up. It's not like my son told me when his little butt went to someplace, no, he had no business. And I screenshot the picture when he was on Facebook Live, and he told me it was a figment of my imagination. So I want to pop it upside the head. So now when we start talking about a primal fear, and that is defined as when we said something programmed in our brain. And so that's where people were told of things. We know like being bit by a spider or snakes and stuff like that. But the irrational fears are the ones that don't make logical sense. And they can be very, you know, they can great change from person to person. And 
when we're talking about these things, even when we start talking about believers and non-believers. Now, what does fear do to a believer? Now, that is interesting, Christina, when we start talking about if you believe and you trust God, what are you afraid of? Why are you so fearful? Now, they indicate that fear is the tool of the enemy. It stifles our confidence in Christ and distracts us away from God. Many Christians who struggle with fear often have a sense of unworthlessness and anxiety that God is upset or angry with them or a false belief that they can never make up for or correct their past failures. Now, that right there is interesting because when you start to believe that and you start acting that stuff out and looking at fear as being a tool of the enemy, you know, sometimes we say, well, we don't want people in a panic. We don't want individuals to be afraid. We don't want to. But that doesn't mean you should be giving false and inaccurate information because you don't want people to be afraid. What is your take on that? Well, there are some people probably, as you know, I mean, the same thing with me. I mean, I can panic about something, and you can try to talk me into that it's not, you know, you don't have, there's no reason to be afraid, you know, just take a deep breath. That doesn't mean that I'm, I may at the moment accept it, <laughs> but then later on I might not. Um, uh-huh. But it's irrational, like, okay. You know, irrational would be like, what, give, okay, to you, what's a rational? Give me an example of irrational, because irrational, like, you know, if I know this is going to happen at my intuition, to me, my intuition is not irrational. Even though I might be thinking irrational things, you know, like mm-hmm. when my spouse got really sick, okay, and I had this fear that he wasn't going to make it out of the surgery, Okay. Uh-huh. And the fear was not, it didn't happen, but he did die six weeks later. And I was like, yeah, but see, okay. But this is the thing, though. This is the thing, Christina. Sometimes we know, or we've been told the prognosis, we got the medical report, we got God's report. And if it's God's will, if it's God's will, there's something we can do about God's will. Right. We may want something different, but if you know, that the prognosis is poor, and God is a healer, and he can't perform miracles. I mean, miracles can happen, but it's not up to us, nor even the doctors. You know, I can tell you my medical report, and if I told you what my labs say, and you looking at me, you'd be like, Jeanette, that's a lie. Jeanette, that's a I mean, Absolutely. You know, right. but when you and you believe, but you don't want to walk, and we talk about blinded faith and, and things of that nature, but even being a believer doesn't mean that bad things is not going to happen or things may not always right. go your way. And that's one of the issues that I believe a lot of individuals struggle with. Now, I'm looking at some information, and it talks about the term can also mean fear of God's judgment. However, the theological perspective, fear of the Lord, because we say we ain't supposed to fear nobody but God. What is Pat talking about? No. I don't know what he's talking about. I'm looking at, as I'm on Facebook Live, I'm getting message from messengers. He's going to tell me something about no. Oh, I guess he's talking about the casino. Okay. Because I asked him as he did to the casino, he said no. I guess that's what he's talking about. Okay. So when we start talking about the fear of the Lord in more simple terms, it, when it says, neither feared God nor fear man. When we start talking about even in the Bible, because this is a topic that gets real confusing. Because we start talking about fearing God and fearing the Lord. So I want to share some information about that first, and then I want to get back into the spirit. Now, there's an article, and I found, and it talks about seven amazing benefits of those who fear the Lord. That doesn't mean the spirit of fear. That means fear the Lord. 
Because a lot of times we won't do certain things if we know there's going to be consequences. I was talking to my daughter the other day about my grandson because he got in trouble again. And I said to her, she wanted to know, I said, well, you need to talk to him. She was like, what can I say that I haven't said already? And I had to take her back to consequences. But you indicated something, too. you got to follow through. You can't say this is going to happen, and then if it don't happen, people are not going to believe it. So mm-hmm. consequences, and we start talking about judgment day. Now, it says one of the most important spiritual concepts found throughout the Bible is the fear of the Lord. Now, what is the fear of the Lord, and what does that exactly mean? Now, when they talk about that, they said they go to the scripture from the pen of Moses, and they read, now this is the commandment and the statutes of the judgment, which the Lord, your God, has commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you're going over to possess it, and so that your son and your grandson might fear the Lord, your God, to keep all of the statutes and his commandments, which I command you, all the days of your life and all the days may be prolonged, meaning you, you can have a, a long life. Now, what it says, and it goes simply, fearing the Lord has a strong connection to an obedience to God's will. Now, that takes it to a whole different level. As I was saying this, I was thinking about what I was telling my daughter to, to talk to my grandson and teach him consequences. My daughter did what I told him the other day, you going to jail. Because he's afraid of jail. She said she drove by the jail. He started screaming and hollering, I don't want to go to jail. But if you keep fighting with kids and being disrespectful and doing something, this is what's going to be your consequence. And I told him one day, I said, I'm not putting no money on your book. I'm not playing with you. So he has a fear for Tisha and I, but he don't have a fear of his teachers, classmates. Nobody else. Nobody else. And, and, And it's one of those things that where it's like, is it a strong will? Or is it just being defiant? And some people say, well, I'm going to scare you, but I'm going to whoop you. Or, you know, they say, can't nobody whoop you like the Lord. When the Lord get a hold of you, God, well, that's a whooping. So I want to go into some of the things that they talk about in regards to some of the benefits. Deep spiritual knowledge. A God-fearing attitude is critical to those who desire meaningful scriptural knowledge This is because true spiritual knowledge is not only granted to those who fear the Lord. This is confirmed in Proverbs, chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning knowledge who despise wisdom and instruction. And that is so true. Now, the second one it talks about is divine wisdom. Knowledge is not only the spiritual door that can unlock through the fear of the Lord, but according to Psalms, 111.10, 111.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. We, When we fear the Lord or fear God, his divine and unfamable wisdom comes available to us. Then it goes into a unique weapon against sin. And that is, oof, girl, when you know, when you know better, it's like, oh, I ain't doing that. I ain't trying to sin. I ain't trying to go to hell for you. Now, in Exodus 20.20, Moses attempted to calm the people after they experienced the mighty presence of God at the Mount Sinai. Moses reassured them by saying, don't be afraid, for God has come and this way to test you. So that you fear, your fear of him will keep you from sinning. Now, that plays a role in people's lives today. And... It also talks about with wisdom key, if you're struggling with sin, examine your attitude towards heaven. Do you fear God enough to want to please him, even when no one is looking? That is huge. Now, we had this conversation in my house not too long ago with Tony and my son. They were going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, as it relates to getting into heaven and things that God, you know, you can't be a drunken, you can't be a fornicator, you can't be. And, I mean, they was going back and forth on that. But, again, are you struggling with sin? Examine your attitude towards heaven. Do you feel God enough to want to please him even when no one is looking? 
And the fourth one they talk about is the mercy of God. The greatest gift that God could ever give us is mercy. After all, the grave sin that humanity has committed against God and his glorious name are entirely unforgivable. So arrogance, and they talk about humanity as a whole, has defied God's will and purposes. For that reason, we all deserve the ultimate judgment. And you know, only God can judge individuals. And also that fear gives you life, and it also protection for you and your children. Now the Bible is clear that there are unseen spiritual blessings that will serve to protect you from your adversaries. So too, the parents who model a life of godly fear and obedience to God's word will provide a hedge of protection around even their children. Now, Christina, that is huge. You know, because sometimes people, there are some people that are just living off of the prayers of their ancestors or their parents, and their parents pray for them. Another one is the friendship with God. In Psalm 25, there's an amazing promise made to those who fear the Lord. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his promise. What do you think about some of the stuff that I just indicated? Well, you know, like the fear, like you were talking about the fear and, and, and the reality of and things. And and so, I mean, back to, like, well, my husband was sick. And after the doctor said what the doctor said to him, I saw the fear in his face. Mm-hmm. That he, you know, is as strong as he was or is or whatever, I've never seen that fear in his face. And... He said, um, it's done, I'm done, and and God, it's time for me to go see God. And I was like, what? So, mm-hmm. and he was right, you know, and then he, but I mean, he, but also I think it has to do with your willpower, too. Like you said, God I can't create me or any of your, it's a prognosis or whatever, but you have to mm-hmm. be able to be willing to try to fight. Now, some people can fight, and it still ends in, ends that way. But some people just give up, and then it's done because they don't. They're so afraid of unknown that okay. they just want it to be over. Well, you know, this is the thing, though. Some people get tired. They get tired. I remember when I, my ex-mother-in-law, when she was going through her um, challenges and trials and tribulations, she said, "Troubles don't last always," and she looked at me. And as bad as I wanted her to live, as bad as I wanted her to just be able to see her son again, I had to remember when she told me she was ready, I made sure she saw him. So she didn't leave this earth without seeing her son. But sometimes they they don't want to leave their loved ones. Right. But they get tired of the pain. Right. I wouldn't want to live like that. I'm not afraid to die, but I'm not trying to die. I was having my um my friend tell me cracking up on the, I think it was Saturday I was talking to her. She said, Well, don't look like I go I'm about to die no time soon, so I might as well focus on living. I start cracking up. Because we have to change our attitude and our perceptions about things. So when you have individuals that have been going through chemo and, and dialysis and they can't see you know, even as I'm trying to read some of this stuff, girl, I'm sitting up here scrunching my eyes. Lord knows my vision is getting bad. But I don't want to get no type of eye surgery because I don't want nobody messing with my eyes. Because if they make a mistake, that can cause me total blindness. So yeah. I'm doing the best that I can. That's all I can do right. is you do the best you can so you can't do no more. But you still got to trust God and God's will and his will. Now, he probably didn't want to leave you and your children, so he did the best he could. But we're not going to be here forever. Right. Now, I want to give you five signs that you may be controlled by the spirit of fear. Now, a lot of times people don't understand how when they're going through some things, that fear can control them. You get some people that are afraid of being poor. Some individuals are afraid of being homeless. 
I tell people I'm not afraid, afraid, but I don't want to not be able to have nothing to eat because I have a problem with that. If you tell me we ain't got no food or I I can't go in there and touch no food, that's the problem. So when we start talking about that in this article, and it's from the BibleStudyTools.com, and this was written by a person named Alyssa Roth, R-O-A-T. She was a contributing writer, and she said, you might feel terror when faced with deadly threats. You may even feel anxious about sometimes getting on stage to speak, and those are natural feelings. But you also might be controlled by the spirit of fear. Now, again, the term spirit of fear comes from 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. Now, fear don't stop me from doing this show. I procrastinate. Because when I come on, I just let it flow. I talk. I find information. I put stuff together. Girl, I was putting stuff together when I was talking to you this morning at 9 o'clock. So when we start talking about these things, it's in that he gives us a sound mind. Sometimes this fear can be difficult to recognize and might manifest itself in different ways than one might expect. Now, I'm going to give you some information that's in this article. It talks about the five ways that the spirit of fear may be causing a problem for you. Now, it goes into saying that what is the spirit of fear? Spirit of fear comes from not being able to put your trust completely in God. Now, when individuals are going through hard times, trials and tribulations, losing loved ones, people are dying, they being told that they're sick, sometimes they wonder, can I really trust God? Did God really mean for this to happen to me? And sometimes it can be a learning experience because it can prepare you for some things in life. Now, in the translation of 2 Timothy 1.7, and like I said, it reads, For the Spirit of God gave us to do, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Now, the Spirit here is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not timid, but full of power. And when we are in right relationships with God, there is no need to fear. Because God has given us the Spirit. See, that's why I tell people I fear no man. I fear nobody. I don't, I'm scared of you, you know. So, but the Bible also reminds us over and over again not to fear, but some estimate that this directive is included many as a hundred and three hundred and sixty five times, but it is not certainly over a hundred. But it is important to note that there are different kinds of fears mentioned in the Bible. One type is actually good, the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is not being afraid of God. Rather, it is relevant awe of the law the Lord, a proper respect for his glory. The fear of the Lord comes from the knowledge of his greatness and leads wisdom and worship. So that's a little different, and that's in Psalms, like I said, 111.10. However, it is foolish to fear anything other than God, for he is greater than all things. In Joshua 1.9, the Lord reminds Joshua, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So sometimes you got to take that into the hospital when you go in there, Christina. you got to take that when you got to go bury your loved one. you got to take that when you're going to the dead. you got to take that wherever you go. What was you about to say? No, you're, you're right. No, you – and – and I, you know, um, you just had your show on grief. So, and you know, like I'm in the middle of, it's been a little while now since you've been gone, but I'm just now starting to do my grieving. And um, I do whatever I can to tell myself, okay, you know, you're going to make it through this. Because, you know, I know how scared he was. And he wasn't really afraid of, Dying, he didn't want to be in that pain. He felt mm-hmm. it was a burden. Um, but he cried about 
not getting to see his kids grown up. You know, he said something to me about we had a lifetime of love. I'm not going to be here to give my kids a lifetime of love. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, you know, I have to be explain that. He's going to have to explain that. Mm-hmm. Let me talk about so, the five signs of being controlled by the spirit of fear. One, feeling unloved by God. There are some individuals that still feel that God don't love them or that they did something to fit God off. Now, this might mm-hmm. not seem like a symptom of fear. However, this may be the most important indicator that you're suffering from the spirit of fear. If you're feeling unloved by God or questioning his love for you, this is likely seated in the fearfulness or unwillingness to trust his goodness. The enemy would not like nothing better than for us to hide from God, believing he does not love us. When we're feeling unloved by God instead of hiding from him, we must run to him and cling even more tightly. Psalms 32.7 reminds us, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble. Surround me with songs of deliverance. Now, sometimes it can be difficult to believe God loves us when things aren't going, yes, when things are not going the way that we think they should and life is hard. And at these times, it can be scary to simply trust that God does love us and he has a plan for our life. Now, the opposite is so sometimes when these things happen, we think, oh, God don't love us. God punished me. I wish I wouldn't have ate that hamburger. I ain't got nothing to do with it. <laughs> the second one is avoiding the Bible, church, or prayer. When you are in the spirit of fear, you may have heard it said that when in danger, we have three responses, fight, flight, or freeze. Sometimes this leads us to flee from the very thing that might help us. Do you ever find yourself avoiding God? Perhaps it's uh, it's intentional, or perhaps you're not even sure why you're doing it. I've been there before, and she talks about this. You know, but if you are avoiding God, remember that he is the only one who can truly help you. Your mama can't help you. Your daddy can't help you. Your friends can't help you. Your exes can't help you. Only God can get you out of some situations. You know, and I want to speak on that a little bit. I remember my mother used to tell me, Jeanette, you are not God. I used to try to help people, help them financially. Girl, one time, God, honey, my finances was under attack. And when my finances was under attack and everything kept blowing up in my face, I had to step back and realize I'm trying to do God's work. I'm trying to bail somebody out of a situation that I'm not even supposed to be yelling them out of the situation because God may be trying to teach them a lesson. Right. And they, girl, they could have been blessed, beyond blessed. But then I became under attack. And um, my, my my sister from another mother be having me laugh. I be like, she laughing at me because I be saying now, he got bad juju. I can't mess with him. He got, mm, mm, I can't, I can't, can't, he got bad juju. So there's sometimes there's some individuals, you got to be careful with that because it can mess you up. So it's up to God to get them out of some situation. Now, they indicate even with this when they realize that they was worried or concerned about something, instead of bringing their problem to God, they start trying to avoid dealing with it. Again, remember, only God can help you out of some situations. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. And that's in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. So it's okay to cry. It's okay to, to talk about it. But you got to trust God. Now, another thing it talks about is in difficulty engaging in relationships. This doesn't apply to just romantic relationships, though they are included. At times, we may have difficulties connecting with friends, family, peers, and even coworkers. When a person is in the spirit of fear, you can see it. For this reason, fear of rejection, fear of being hurt, 
fear of being responsible for someone else or having to give something up for others. Fear of becoming dependent. This spirit of fear keeps us from living out the second greatest commandment, love your neighbors as yourself. And in Mark 12, 31, this can hurt not only those around us, but ourselves. God made us for relationships with other human beings. And we got to remember that, but when you are in the spirit of fear, it can be difficult to love. If we've been hurt before, however, it is far easier when we realize that the most important relationship in our lives is our relationship with God, not with others. If he is our our priority, if we lean on him, even if humans fail, as they all will do, we will have a steady foundation of God's love to stand on. Girl, what do you think about that one? When oh, you are I'm in the right spirit, there with you. Well, I, 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 no, and and you're in, and I know, and you're right, and you know what? It's like I said, a fear of, you know, some people have the fear of dying or their fear of God. God, why are you doing this? And you know, they get angry at God because, but you know, and and you know, things happen to good people and things like that. But it's you have to be able to, um, you just have to be able to. Try to stay, you know, as positive as you can. And I, I guess my way of handling it, kind of like how you do it, you know, you're bailing people out. Well, I learned my lesson. I've done the same thing, girl. Uh, so, you um, know what? And I, now I can tell myself, you know what? This is not my job. This is God's job. And I, I need to take care of myself and what I need to do. And I need to focus on what God wants me to do because I'm focusing on trying to help. And, and when... And when that day came, you know, I was focused on making sure everybody got to spend time with him at the last, the last hour. But I, I think I was so fearful of it, so I let everybody else spend time with him because my daughter flipped out. I think I probably thought I couldn't handle it. So, But then I thought, well, no, I'm letting other people that didn't have time with him. I had 40 years with him. They didn't have that much time with him. So give them the time. But it was my fear that probably, looking back, probably kept me from there. And sometimes I well, wonder, Not only that, you was running around in business mode because I went over there and saw him before he passed, and you was trying to delegate, dictate. You was projecting some things onto individuals. So you went into that mode. And that mold was protecting you, and then it's kind of like when the dust settles, when things kind of get quiet, and now you're looking like, hmm, you know what, that person's not here anymore. But by that same token, it doesn't mean that you're alone. Now, I want to go into the next one, and it talks about, to know if you're in the spirit of fear, is worry and indecisiveness about making choices. Have you ever been paralyzed by making a decision? What is right course to take? What will happen if you make the wrong choice? It can be immobilizing as we contemplate what would happen if we make a mistake. However, often the fear inside of us makes the consequences of the problem seem much more earth-shattering than than they truly are. Instead, we must trust that no matter what happens, even if we make the wrong choice, God is still holding on to us. He is always with us no matter what path we take. When making decisions, we should remember Psalms 119 and 105, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path, and James 1.15. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without holding fault, and it will be given to you. We must consult God, do our best, and move forward in confidence that he is with us. You know, a lot of times, I know years ago, I did not like worse making decisions. I didn't. Because it was easier to blame somebody else if it didn't go, go right. But when you trust God and you pray and you meditate, the answers are going to come to you. Another one is compromising. Compromise. An interpersonal relationship is essential. 
but compromising on morals is not. I was just talking to my grandbaby about sorority, and I told her, don't compromise your morals. Don't be having me coming up to that school telling them, them young ladies, no, you are not the one. So sometimes we try to compromise things to fit in, but we don't need to do that. Because sometimes when it seems like the only way to survive, to keep people happy, to get what we want, we will compromise our morals. When we do things we know we shouldn't or not do things we should in order to attain that which we seek, sometimes it feels like compromising might be the best course of action. Then there's a little different when we talk about being in a relationship, and I always tell my clients, communicate, compromise, have compassion. That may meet somebody halfway, but that doesn't mean compromising your morals. Something totally, totally different. Now, girl, I'm sitting here trying to get this information, and my phone is just ringing off the hook. It's ridiculous. Now, what can we do to fight off fear on our own? We should fear. We have no control over the world. We don't control the weather, our health, other people, or anything else as much as we can to prepare for every possibility. However, God has full control. He knows exactly what is going to happen. The only way to fight fear is to put your trust in him. And we have to recall 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. God's love is perfect with the knowledge that he loves us, we have no need to fear. We need reminding that we can turn to his word and read his promises, and that can keep us going. Now, any questions? I know we this was this time just went by too fast for me today, and I guess I was talking too much. But <laughs> any questions that you have, Christina, as it relates to this? Because, I mean, and I know when we start talking about trust God, believe in God, and individuals are wavering in their faith because of some of the things that they're seeing. And, yes, we are under a spiritual warfare. All these different things are happening. But you still got to trust God. You know, one of my Facebook friends whose son has passed away, and she kept saying, I trust God with the outcome. I trust God with the outcome. That's powerful. And that right there can help get you through when you trust God with the outcome. And you got to remember, and like I said, Second Timothy 1 to 7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And in Second Timothy, it also talks about that the word of God encourages us that God has not given us the spirit of fear. So when we start talking about, you know, we're under attack and these things are going on, Please know that this attack originated and it rims of darkness. It is not the will of the Father that you should be bound, crippled, stifled, hindered, or blocked by the spirits of fear. So we just have to be reminded of that. And, you know, and we got to pray and we got to get back into the Word and we got to step out on faith. Anything else you want the listeners to know, Ms. Christina? Well, the only thing I can say is, I mean, I believe in everything you're saying and doing. That's one of the reasons I really enjoy your show, and I listen to it. Even if sometimes I don't get to log on, I'll listen to it because, I mean, it's like, oh, my gosh, so I'm not crazy. She's thinking the same thing I am. Okay. You know, but the one thing I did find about fear is if you can just turn everything off and definitely don't turn the news on. Because if you have the news, you're going to get very fearful of everything because everything that's on the news, even though people say, oh, well, you got to know what's going on. Well, yeah, but when you turn the news on, there's so much going on, and it's so negative, it's just going to make your fear worse. That's all I can say, is that you know, I have found by turning the news off that my fear and my anxiety has gone down a lot. The minute I turn it on and I see this, I'm like, uh-oh, turn it off. Uh-oh, okay. Then then I just put the music on, like you mentioned, the meditation. Mm-hmm. And 
meditate, take some deep breaths, you know, spend time, just take even 15 minutes a day talking to him and talking to yourself and saying, okay, or if you need more than 15 minutes a day, like if people have kids and they're at school, like my kids and they're at school, that's when I have the time to focus on it. And I focus on it and it makes me feel better so that when they come home, I'm not all like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm really going to worry about this and I'm going to worry about that. And you have to, you know, and you know kids. they Kids, like you said, with animals, they can pick up. They know when you come in the house. Mm-hmm. They know they don't like you. If you don't like them, they'll hide. I have two cats, and this lady came in the house. She'd never been in my house before. She's a person. The cats weren't afraid of her. She'd come out. I've had people that I've known for years come to my house. Cats hid like heck and wouldn't come out. Because they, even though they're saying they're not afraid of it, the cat can feel it. They, they oh, I know. And, and you know, they do the thing. same with dogs. There's a saying that if you go worry, don't pray. If you go pray, don't worry, but don't do both. A lot of times we're so used to just doing both. Let me see something. My brother-in-law just texted me something. Let me see what he got to say. He said in the Bible, specifically the King James Version, the word neighbor has put us, put in the place of the word brother. Love thy brother as you love yourself. That change us that oh, that change has done with us to keep us black folks from loving one another as we should. Most of us barely even know our neighbors, let alone love them. That is true. Brothers is a broad term used in the Bible for family, not just our biblical family, but our genetic family as well. Black and brown folks are all directly and indirectly related. Satan uses the word to confuse and most importantly divide us. Once we unify, we will be able to overcome all that is destroying us. Satan knows this, but we don't. And he said, good show. And that is true. And that's why sometimes I may have a topic that I want to discuss, and i got to wait. i got to wait before I just jump to conclusions with something or somebody else say, talk about this, talk about that. And for some reason, just the spirit of fear just hit me. And that's why I wait to the last minute sometimes to put this together. So it's not rehearsed. It's not just put to, you know, it's stuff that people can really benefit from, hear, need to know. And, you know, Christina, I thank you for encouraging me to do this because, you know, I take time out of my day to do it because I enjoy doing it. So I don't have a problem with that because there's so many hurt, wounded, scared individuals out there, and they're going through some things. So if I can say something to encourage them or to motivate them, just to give them that that extra boost to know that it's going to be okay, thus says the Lord, because it's not about me. None of this is about me. And um, I'm going to keep doing it as long as I can. And it's interesting because I get to share a lot of this information because even as a therapist, I'm not even only going to promote my business because I'm booked. I don't have time to see no more clients. <laughs> what did I tell you last night? i got to see clients at 8 o'clock tonight. You know, from 9 in the morning to 8 o'clock at night, that is too much. You get tired of talking. But I'm not right. tired of sharing information with others. I'm not. Because some of our people, they're lost, they're hurt, they're wounded, they divided. Some things, girl, one person told me, I, I said, I got to do a show on this one. This person told me, I'm living in the hell that I created. I said, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> he told you that? Yes. She said, I am living in the hell that I created. Me, I created this mess. And now I want somebody to bail me out, and they'll say, well, that's why I go to therapy. That's why. Some of them, I'm like, I can't do nothing with this. I've got to turn it over to God because otherwise that's the only way I have the strength to be able to help with some of these situations. I know what I need to know when I need to know it. I don't want to know everything. So I thank you, and I appreciate you for even encouraging me and checking in, making sure that I'm okay, and wanting to know what we're going to be talking about 
because it helps in so many ways. And I know even doing these shows helps me learn information because I'm learning as I'm doing this show. Well, and you know what? And that's one of the things that helps me with, and I tell people, I think there's just a lot of people out there that are afraid to, uh, to me, it helps me because it makes me less afraid that I know that other people out there think like I think or can give me insight on some good ideas on how I can handle some stuff. Because, And people think, oh, you know, I don't want to listen to this because it's, you know, how do they know for sure? You know what? You just take what they say and you listen. And, and if it makes sense to you, you it's fine. Uh-huh. If it doesn't, okay. I tell people that all the time. If what you've heard, if it's going to benefit and help you in your life, use it. If it don't, it's just right. not for you. But don't be so afraid to help yourself because right. you you got to, sometimes we got to step aside and move ourselves out of the way. But sometimes our ignorance, our fear, and our pride can get us caught up and we can miss our blessing. Now, let me end the show because this phone is ringing off the hook, and i got to return so many phone calls because some of the people I didn't even still get a chance to call them back from yesterday. So, again, thank you for joining us here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. And if you have any topics that you want me to discuss or you want to be a guest on the show, open platform. I only ask that you be respectful, keep an open mind. Don't have a problem with that. The show is heard several different languages, several countries. I've been fortunate enough to be doing this. Ooh, Michelle, this been, ooh, Christina, it's been like this been what, about four, five years now. It's been a while. So yeah. let's keep it going. Let's continue to help one another, encourage one another, because we are living in troubled times. And even if you don't have the answer, you know, the, the interesting thing about God is God can work through people. I found that out the hard way. I was like, where did this come, girl? Honey, God can send someone to you to help bless you. So remember that, and fear not. Thank you again for joining, and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye.